0: Christopher McGathy uh, and I met for prayer this week, and he shared uh, something just uh, historically of, of, about the church that really struck my heart. And I just asked him if he would share that word with us here tonight. So, take it away, ex-firefighter Chris McGathy. All right. So I've been reading a book called Dominion. Has anybody read it? No. Okay. It's Ironically, it's written by an atheist, and it's about Christ- the history of Christianity. And it actually gives a robust defense of the Christian faith. But in it, something struck me, um, like an epiphany, and then just the reality of what I read. And so if you research what I'm about to tell you, you'll see that historically it's accurate. You'll see people that were ancient historians, people who are alive today, historians, will tell you the same thing. but. Starting 2000 years ago, up until now, there's been a people that throughout that measure of history have always been in the middle of plagues and pandemics. So you'll see like there's two major plagues in ancient Rome uh, that devastated it. it, wiped out a huge, huge amounts of population and they would cast out their, um, their brothers, their sisters, their neighbors out into the streets and let them die um, because they didn't want to have anything to do with them. They didn't want the plague. They didn't want to get sick. You know, then you have the Black Death and there's, um, they were doing the same thing, just bodies being piled out. Well, there's a people group or a people that remained when uh, cities were abandoned and left the sick there to die and the bodies to rot. And there was the Christians. The Christians throughout the 2,000 years have stayed and ministered to all the people that were sick. Most of the Christians got sick themselves and ended up dying. But what ironically happened in this is that they... Some historians, uh, medical scientists have said that even in some of these cases, two thirds of the population should have died, but because they were nurtured by the Christians, even as simple as with water and food and and prayer and being present with them, they lived and uh, transferred over a lot of their sicknesses to the Christians who ended up dying. And so I wanna read a couple of things, um, as soon as I get this open, in, in that regard. First thing I want to read is by a um, is by a man named Julian. He's uh, talking to a, a pagan priest, a pagan high priest of Galatia. Julian urged the distribution of grain and wine to the poor, noting that the impious Galileans, the Christians, in addition to their own, support ours. And it is shameful that our poor should be wanting our aid." But there was little or no response to Julian's proposals because there was no doctrine and no traditional practices for the pagan priests to build upon. Christians believed in life everlasting. At most, pagans believed in an unattractive existence in the underworld. Thus, for Galen to have remained in Rome to treat the afflicted during the first great plague would have required far greater bravery than was needed by the Christian deacons and presbyters to do so. Faith mattered. This one right here is by a, uh, a Christian brother. He says in this letter, "'Most of our Christian uh, brothers showed unbounded love and loyalty, "'never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, "'attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ.'" And with them, they departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by others with a disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Many in nursing and curing others transferred their death to themselves and died in their stead. And lastly, this is from the Gospel Coalition, the plagues search us. They discover in us either the way of the flesh, self-preservation, or the way of the spirit, self-giving sacrifice. The third-century plague found that the church, uh, or found in the church, a spirit-filled people willing to walk in the way of their master. And then I wanted to read a little bit of scripture in light of our own pandemic. You know that we want to cause division over people are are upset because mask, no mask. Should we go out? Whatever we should do, but as as believers. You know, we're going to obey, but we're still going to go out and help. We're not going to stop being who we are. We're going to see if our neighbor has needs. We're going to see everybody in the church, whatever needs there are. We're not going to limit ourselves by hiding in our houses because we're afraid of getting sick. Instead, we're going to go out and we're going to minister like all the cloud of witnesses before us did. So in light of that, I want to read uh, from Hebrews. It's the faith chapter. At the very end of chapter 11, in verse 32, and I'm just going to read a little bit of um, chapter 12. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war. They put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept being released so that they might uh, obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheeps and goats, destitute, afflicted and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And all of these through uh, though commended through faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And this is this is why. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, everybody that has passed before us in that faith is our cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight In sin, which clings so closely, and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, all these things it's going to come down to this part. How do we do this? How do we walk this out? How do we remind ourselves? We remind ourselves of this. Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation, the encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. So I go back to just, just emphasize on this. How, how did the church in the past 2,000 years... Stand in the midst of plagues when everybody else was abandoning them, when they were staying there with the sick, getting sick themselves, how did they go through persecution? Is because they considered Jesus who endured from sinners hostility against himself so that they may not grow weary or faint-hearted. That's for us today too. We consider Jesus worthy and what he has done for us. They were in that place always thinking about their master and what he would have done and what he did for them. And so, in the same place for us, we lay aside all those other things, and we go and minister, pandemic or not, whatever is going on in the in the country, political or not, whatever. It doesn't stop us as believers. Amen. It's so, good. It's so good. Pray for us, brother William. Yeah. Pray for the church. In that Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you, and just pray that your word would uh, sit in our hearts and grow deeply everything that we just heard in your word, that we would consider you, Jesus, worthy, knowing that what you went and did for the joy that was set before you from the foundation of the earth, Lord, that you took everything that was despised and shameful and you bore it on the cross Lord so we could be free I pray that for the church would know that and receive full revelation of that Lord there'd be nothing that hinders us we would not grow faint-hearted nor weary or nor sick or nor tired but we would persevere we would run that race with endurance by your strength and your spirit and the encouragement of the body here together Lord The encouragement of the body all across the world and everybody who's went before us Lord we can run that race because of what you have done let us never forget what you have done Jesus so we can do likewise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you.